Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of Russell Zone. And today I am joined by the troublemaker, the leader of the Shan Stands, Shannon Lavangi. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And how are you doing? I'm fantastic to be catching up with you. We've been seeing your name a lot around the indie circuit. So you've, you know, you, it's been about almost three years you'll be coming up on since your debut. So it's gone by so fast, which we'll get into all the wrestling talk in a little bit. But I wanted to reel it back a little bit and talk about your other background in athletics, because it's quite extensive, I'm going to be honest with you. Before you even laced up your wrestling boots, I know you made several waves in cross-country, soccer, basketball, long jump. I may be missing one, but can you talk to us about the extent of this athletic background and how involved you were in each? Yeah, when I was little, I did like almost every sport there was, whether it was like soccer basketball i did softball at one point uh used to gymnastics and dance track cross country i did so much once i got to middle school kind of narrowed down to soccer basketball cross country and track um and then by the time i got to high school it was soccer in the fall i did indoor track in the um winter and then outdoor track in the spring and yeah, I've just always loved doing athletics. I've always had such a good time doing them. Like I've naturally been athletic, so like they kind of a lot of times it came easy to me, which I obviously really liked. But yeah, I in high school soccer, I was on varsity from freshman year to senior year, so I got a lot of exposure with pretty high competition there. And then track, my main thing was the long jump. That was kind of like the main event that I focused on. But I also did a lot of um, like short distance, I guess, in high school. In middle school, I did cross country, which was like very long distance based. And I really enjoyed that. But I also liked the shorter distance just because it was less tiring. Um, Long distance was just too much sometimes. But no, in high school, I kind of focused more on like sprinting and that also just like helped me more with long jump, like getting my form and stuff like that. So they kind of went along side by side better. But yeah, I was debating doing track in college. Um, I had talked to several coaches and was pretty close to doing track in college. And then I decided that that isn't really what I wanted to do. And it worked out because then I was able to start wrestling. And now here we are. So did you make the jump then right from high school to wrestling? Or did you have a little bit of college in there at the same time? I had a little bit of time. So my first semester of college, I was in Syracuse in New York. and I live um, right in Buffalo. So it's about two and a half hours from me. So yeah. Yeah. So I was there um, my freshman year. And then in the spring semester, uh, all my classes were going to be online. Um, that's just the way my schedule had worked out. Like it was COVID was happening and all that. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay home because I'm not going to go there. All my classes are online. So I'm like, all right, while I'm home, like I'm going to have a lot of free time because let's be honest, like COVID classes online, like they weren't that like tough, or at least for me, at least I loved them. So I started wrestling and then I was like, oh, like I love this. I want to keep doing it. I want to like keep training at the school I'm at and, um, at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So then I transferred to Providence College, which is um, much closer. And 
Yeah. So I had like one semester on like of not doing any sports, which I hated that I wasn't doing anything. I just like I felt like there's just nothing for me to do. And I was like, I don't know. It was weird because I like having downtime and just like relaxing. But when I had nothing going on, I was like, no, I need something. So getting into wrestling, like getting back into sports, like I was like, okay, this feels right again. By this track, you assuming you you stayed on course, you would have graduated already, I think, or maybe it would be in the in the full spring of twenty twenty four. Um, no, so I'm graduating this spring, so okay, two three months. Um, but yeah. that was always the plan for when I was going to graduate. So what I'm still is for that? What is your current program or degree you're going to be getting? Obviously, a bachelor's, but um, yeah, so I am in elementary and special education. So teaching, you know, little children, I've, I've always loved working with kids. Uh, my first job I had was as a camp counselor. So like I worked with kids all the time and I loved that job so much. And yeah, I'm doing my student teaching right now. Last semester, I was doing the special ed portion of it. This semester, I'm doing the general ed portion of it. I still don't really know which one I like more, but it's good that I have options. So when I do graduate and I'm looking for a job, I, I can go either route. So that's always good. Yeah, it, it's good to keep yourself well balanced and everything. And obviously, you've had to have been kind of well balanced your whole life, you know, uh, juggling sports and school. And I, I know I, I did a lot of sports like you did. Social life wasn't really a thing for me. I don't know if it, if it is. But okay, fair enough. So I get you. I get you. <laughs> I'm so curious for you though. Um, if you think back to your childhood self before you found wrestling in 2016, what did your childhood self envision the older version of Shannon doing for a living? Was it special education and teaching or was it something else? Um, it was special <clears throat> education or well, teaching. I didn't really have a preference of special ed, general ed, yeah. teaching, but I also wanted to like get into sports professionally. Like Whenever, like, we were, like, in younger, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was either, like, oh, I want to be a professional soccer player or I want to be a professional, like, runner. Like, there was teaching, but there was also I wanted to do professional sports somehow. I never envisioned it would be professional wrestling, but, hey, I'm doing professional sport right now. So, I'm, like, I... I did it in a way. You you kind of did it, Shannon. You kind of did it. You know, and, and pro is technically above collegiate. So, like, you did exactly. it. You know, it, it's ironic, too, because your high school soccer team kind of foretold that you'd be a professional wrestler one day. Was wrestling something that you'd consistently talk about on the soccer field? Or how did your team correctly guess this? So I started, like, getting, like, getting into wrestling. I think it was, like, eighth grade, freshman year of high school. Yeah. And, like, I got obsessed with it. And I think my – so my room had, like, a John Cena poster or something in it. And I think my sister had like tweeted it and she went to the same high school as me when, cause she's a few years older. So she knew a few of the girls like who were at the high school with me from when she was there. So she like tweeted a picture or something of my poster of John Cena in my room. And then a girl on my team like sent it to our whole group chat and was like, Shannon, what's this about? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. Secrets out. Like, I'm like, so yeah, I love wrestling and then from there, once, like, they knew, I'm like, all right, they know now. I can, like, not try to hide it. So now I'd always talk about it and how much I love John Cena and wrestling. And there was one game we had that um, the that night John Cena was doing a meet and greet in Boston. 
So I wanted to go to meet and greet, but we had a soccer game. So as soon as that soccer game ended, I started sprinting off the field. And they're like, Shannon, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go meet John Cena. And they're all like cheering for me as I'm like running to my car, like barely like two minutes out of this game. I think I actually ended up spraining my ankle in that game, but like I didn't really notice it because I was so focused on me. Adrenaline. Yeah. So like, I had to go. And then as soon as I got home, I looked at my ankle and I'm like, oh, no, that's not normal. But I was just not even thinking about that because I'm like, yeah, I got to go meet John Cena. Was that meet and greet the one that you posted on your Instagram or have you met John multiple? Okay. So I was going to ask you about that. You know, obviously he's one of your early favorites. If you recall maybe the conversation or that moment, can you tell us more about that experience of meeting John? See, in my mind at the time, I was like, wow, this that was like the greatest conversation I've ever had. It was basically just him going, hi, nice to meet you. Me going, hi, it's nice to meet you. We take a picture. I say, thank you. He says, bye. That was literally it. But in my mind, I'm like, wow, what a conversation that was. But no, that was literally it. Yeah, you know, especially when it's like one of your top two of all times besides Sasha Banks, you know, it's it's really we'll talk about her later, by the way. But, you know, I I understand how that is. That's so funny that, you know, the adrenaline was pumping. You didn't even notice your ankle was sprained. That's dedication right there for you. It was. And honestly, the best part of that night was surprisingly there wasn't many people this meet and greet it oh, wasn't really? very advertised it was like a last minute thing so like oh, okay. people knew about it and yeah. so we walk in to the room and there's like no one in there and they're like this piano music playing in the background I'm like where where is he and then my mom was the one that took me and she's like Shannon like look in the corner and I look in the corner and John Cena's playing the piano so we just sat there and watched him play the piano for a few minutes until he finally realized we had walked in the room and then we think oh I'm sorry let's get to the meet and greet but so I got a free John Cena concert, which not many people can. Yeah, say. not many people. You know, either and and most of the time it would probably be a rap concert. If anything, he started playing the piano in the last like ten years ish. Yeah, so but... like, that's a pretty rare feat. Congratulations! Thank you, thank <laughs> you. One of my little fun facts. You know, I'm so curious for you. You know, you mentioned obviously like cross country. Um, you know, it, that keeps you. You might have not enjoyed it as much as the short distance, but it did help your endurance and stamina. I think you know, and I have to imagine that the conditioning for soccer, track, and basketball is obviously a bit different than your training for wrestling. So, can you tell us some of the biggest differences you've seen between training and conditioning for those versus wrestling? Yeah. So when I was like in middle school, like. Honestly, I think that was the best shape I was ever in my entire life. Like, even considering now, like, I look back at myself in middle school and I'm like, I'm in shape now, but I don't think I'm nearly as in shape as I was in middle school. Because cross country, like, I, at the time, like, I loved it. Now, if I started doing it, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. But yeah. back then, like, I I could run for days, like, and not get tired. My um club soccer coach I had back then, like, she had us doing so much fitness, which like was like kind of miserable at the time, but like it got me in such good shape. But I feel like a lot of that was just like running cardio, just like whether it's go run three miles. All right, we're going to do sprints from the field back and forth, like over and over again. It was like kind of just all running. Whereas with wrestling, like it's I don't know it's just like you work everything like you gotta be able to like strength while you're in the rain like you need the cardio but you're also like getting like 
thrown across the ring at the same time. So it might knock the wind out of you, but you got to keep going. And like, I, I don't know. It's a lot more of everything, strength, cardio, all that. Whereas growing up, I feel like it was all just like cardio. It's a it's a mixture of things, especially with wrestling, too. It's not just physical, you know, it's mental and emotional, too. And, you know, you're away on the road, which can be really taxing if you're like a homebody and all of that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of that, combination of things. Talking about like the emotional piece, that was honestly, I think, one of the hardest things for me, because growing up, like I always just got like that game face. Like I would show no emotion. Like I would just get in the zone and I feel like when I started wrestling, like, I had no emotion. Like, I'll just, because I'm so used to, all right, get in the zone. So I would get in the zone. But a huge part of wrestling is showing emotion. And, like, that was difficult for me for a while. So it's kind of, like, taken me a while to, like, do that and, like, show life in there. Because, like, naturally, I just want to, like, get focused. Like, all right, get the game face on. Like, get that mean, not mean yeah. face. Cause I feel like I don't have a mean face. But, you know, like, I'm ready to Your go. face, Yeah. Yeah, wrestling kind of blurs that, you know, it's performance arts, it's also a combat sport, so it's kind of, you know, entertainment and, like, the physicality of it, you know, so it's 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 adding that art element, you know, you've got the athletic element down, but, you know, it's learning, and you're still kind of in this development stage, I feel like, like we said, you're going to be coming up on three years since your debut, and obviously this kind of answers part of it, I was going to ask you, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far, obviously, you know, getting into that emotional emotional zone the art element of it is something that you're still working on what other challenges have you been kind of facing so far you think no yeah definitely the emotional piece and like all that I guess also just like interacting with the crowd when you're out there because like yes I'm athletic so I can do like some cool moves and like they'll enjoy that but I'm not gonna win them over just by like doing moves if I don't have any life in there and I'm just like out there like doing moves but like not interacting with them and anything like that like they're not really gonna care so I feel like I think at first I kind of thought like oh like yeah I'll do cool moves they'll love that like that'll be enough but then I kind of realized no that's that's not necessarily enough you need to like really like make them like feel for you like whether it's like I feel like a big part of why I want people over is like through intergender wrestling sometimes I get beat up a lot and even just like the emotion I show through that like they feel sympathy for me they feel bad and like then like I become that underdog that they want to root for so I think just kind of like tugging at their heartstrings a little bit is something that like I've really like gotten good at and kind have kind of used to help like win over the crowd and like make them remember me and want to see more of me in what other ways, you know, getting the crowd in, invested in that, what other ways do you think you've grown as a person and as a competitor so far in this sport? I think I've just gotten so much more comfortable and confident with myself in there. Um, I mean, I think every wrestler goes through this. When you first start out, like, you're just like kind of like happy to be there. You're like, oh, like, yeah, I'm a wrestler now. Like, let's go. But I was even like watching back like some of my old matches and like I just feel like I didn't have any confidence in the ring and then like watching some of my like more recent ones like I just feel like I know who I am I'm like yeah like I'm here like whether they love me or they hate me I'm like I don't care I'm gonna do me because I know I rock like 
I just think that's something that I've really built up and I've always lacked confidence even in sports like like I said I've always been naturally athletic so like things came maybe easy to me soccer track all that but I was never confident in my abilities out there like I never I think thought I was as good as I maybe was out there and I think the same with wrestling kind of happened and then over time I'm like no like I'm good. I know what I can do. I know my abilities. And I feel like I've let that show too. And I feel like the more I believe in myself, the more the fans start believing in me. You're also part of that comes, does come with age, especially if you're like middle school, high school is like, I feel like the most vulnerable time. I completely understand that even then I don't kind of confident, but not as, you know, as much as you are now. I feel like part of that just comes with age too. So like, and also getting more familiar and more reps with that, you know, um, you'll get more confident as you go and as you continue to perfect that. But obviously part of that growth, in addition to building your in-ring resumes, obviously also further crafting your character, your identity, your presentation. So can you talk to us about the process of developing yourself in that aspect and who this present day Shannon is as the troublemaker? Yeah. So the Troublemaker started because I liked the song Troublemaker by Ollie Mers. So I kind of just used it as my entrance song. There was no real like reason behind it. I didn't pick that song and be like, oh, I'm going to be the Troublemaker. Like I just chose it because I like the song. And then I don't know. I, I feel like just kind of naturally over time, I just like, okay, she comes out the Troublemaker. She's the Troublemaker. And then I was like, all right, I guess this is like kind of where it's going. So then I got merch made that said troublemaker on it and then I feel like I kind of just like that's just kind of how the troublemaker came to be I feel like like I said a lot of my early days I was that underdog um so I don't know I was causing you know these bigger names like trouble like they were taking me lightly but I might sneak up on them catch that quick little pin or whatever and I feel like I kind of shocked people a lot which is where that came from and over time now I feel like Part of the time, I'm still kind of that same underdog, but more lately, I mean, I now have this faction with Paris and sometimes Zeta where you see like a more like rattier side of me where it's like, I'm still that troublemaker, but now like I'm more like cocky about it. I'm more arrogant and yeah, I feel like it's still similar to the troublemaker that people love. But the but the new troublemaker that you sometimes see that people don't love so much, just like she's proud to like cause trouble and she wants to like make people's lives miserable. Whereas the good troublemaker is like, all right, I'm gonna cause a little bit of trouble, but it's more just for myself. Kind of along the the lines of the troublemaker, what would you say is maybe the most rebellious or troublemaking thing that you've done in your life so far? Besides maybe becoming a professional wrestler. I'ma be honest, I I'm not like a rebellious person outside like like, I'm that person that like if I like do get in trouble I want to start crying but I am rebellious in the sense that like I will do like daredevil type things like I went skydiving which I feel like that's pretty like I don't know if rebellious but it's like daring I guess I don't know but like in the sense of like I'm not gonna like break rules like that's that's not me that terrifies me um but I will like I don't know I will take risks but just not in the sense that I don't want to like you know get in trouble or make anyone upset with me but I, yeah. I I feel you 
yeah, I would say, I don't even know if this goes along Troublemaker, but it's risky. So I'm going to say that I think skydiving is like the daring, scariest thing I've ever done because you're jumping out of a plane. Like, who knows what's going to happen? How old were you when you jumped out of a plane? 18. I was like, okay. as soon as I turn 18, I want to go skydiving. Yeah, I you were waiting. Too, but in fact, there's not really anywhere around here. But I do want to do that at some point, too. You'd have to travel somewhere for that. There's a lot of uh, places for that. I would do some research. There's a lot yeah. of... Uh, good places obviously not around you but you know you're traveling but like you said you've also done some risky moves in the ring you've jumped off of a balcony you've done some insane things what would you say is maybe the biggest risk or riskiest move you've taken in a wrestling ring um i mean i feel like jumping off the balcony is one of them even though i wasn't really scared to do it like when you think about it like you're jumping off however tall that balcony was, like 15, 20 feet. And you're just like, all right, there's people down there. Hopefully I land on them and I'll be fine. I think also um, I had that street fight with Becca where like, I think that was, was it my first like hardcore match? It might've been, or one of the first. We did a lot of things in there, which like, I think the finish, I like gave her a COVID off the ropes through a door, like things like that, that like, of course, I've never done that before. Like, you don't just do that. So things like that are pretty risky. Um, I did take skewers once. Um, I did see that. You called yourself a porcupine. I did see that. Yes, that I did do that, which I, I probably wouldn't do that again. My mom was really upset about that. I don't oh. know if I want to upset her like that again. So that, that might have been a one-time thing. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't do many, like, hardcore-type matches. But when I do, I'm like, all right. I got to do something memorable. So that's usually when you see the jumping off balconies, the skewers, the, I don't know what you call it, code reds off top ropes, all that yeah. stuff. So I feel like I do a lot of risky stuff in like jumping, but I feel like those are the type of matches where like you really see it come out. Yeah, well, clearly you were not afraid of heights or jumping since you jumped off of a plane. You know what's yeah. crazy is I find that some wrestlers, like a lot, not some, a lot of wrestlers actually are afraid of heights. So you have that advantage of you're you're fearless in that element. Exactly. I do know a lot that are afraid of heights and I'm like, but then a lot, at the same time, a lot of those same people who are afraid of heights are like still high fires. And I'm like, yeah. how do you do that if you're it's afraid? It's just the adrenaline pumping, I think. Exactly. But no, for me, I think it's so fun. Like, any chance I get, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the top rope and jump off of it because I just think, I don't know, I think it's so fun just, like, spreading my wings and flying. And, yeah, I've always had a thing for jumping. I mean, I did long jump in high school. You did. I wasn't really jumping off of things, but I've always had a thing for jumping. You've been conditioned to jump. It's it's in your veins, you know? Yes. You know, you said, obviously, you haven't participated in a lot of the the hardcore matches, but you've had a lot of moments. Is there a certain match stipulation that you haven't tackled yet that you would maybe like to explore? So actually for the longest time I wanted to do like a ladder match or like yeah. a TLC match. And just this past Friday, I got the opportunity in Chaotic Wrestling to choose a stipulation at Cold Fury, which is in March. So I chose a tables, doors, ladders and chairs match. So in March I'm gonna be in one of those and I've like I said, I've always wanted to be in a ladder match. I've always wanted to like climb up a ladder and grab a title and just like hold it up. So now at Cold Fury, I have the opportunity to hopefully win and hopefully climb up and grab that title. But if I don't win, at least 
I get to be a part of a TLC match, which is always something I've wanted to do. So I'm very excited for that one. And you have the the jumping going for you. So, I mean, that that's an awesome stipulation right there. And uh, you get more doors, you know. I, you know, doors, I feel like, are kind of similar to tables, but they're very, I don't know how to explain it. There's, like, a good door gets a good pop, yeah. you know, going, like- sending somebody through it. I was like, do I want to make this TLC? Do I want to make it like DLC? I'm like, no, let's have them all in there. Let's TDLC. We want that. Everything. Yeah, let's do it all. TDLC. Yeah, you could bring in. I mean, there's no, there's really no uh, disqualification. So you could bring in other weapons if you really wanted to. So. I could. And who knows? Maybe I will. We'll see. Mm, Can't we'll let see. my opponent know. Chaylong, I'm coming for you. So who knows what I'm going to bring? There's going to be tables, doors, <laughs> doctors, chairs, and who knows what else. Let's see, you know, obviously we've talked about your character element. We've talked a lot about your in-ring stuff. When it comes to the ring gear department, obviously I see you and Paris and Zeta doing some collaborative gears sometimes. Uh, Just generally, though, do you have certain sources of inspo when you're crafting or envisioning your ring gear? What does that process look like for you? So usually when I get gear because I like design my gears and I just send the design to the woman who I have make my gears and she just kind of puts it all together so usually it starts off with okay I want to wear this color which is usually some sort of blue because I love blue I've tried to like vary it more lately and do other colors but blue is usually my go-to so I usually like all right I want to wear this color so I'll start sketching like different design ideas and then I don't know, I kind of just keep sketching until I find something that I'm like, all right, I like that. And then I'll just like look up fabrics and stuff like that and see what I think meshes well together. And then I send it to her and she makes it. But I feel like there's usually not a specific informa- um inspiration. Like, it's not like, oh, like this person's gear I want to base it off of. The one, I do have a new gear that I'm working on right now. That is inspired by like New England Patriots themed, um, like kind of like it almost looks like one of the cheerleading uniforms that they used to have. I feel like that's the only like one I have that's an inspiration of something. Usually I kind of just like sketch and see what I like. But I think the next gear I do have coming in is kind of like my first like inspo gear that I have. I mean, it's your home turf, so exactly football football season is over but you will keep the spirit alive through your ring gear we'll go with that (laughs) and you know their main thing their main color is like navy blue and like i said yeah i'm always drawn to blue so it works out you are now you mentioned earlier obviously the brats which is yourself paris vandale and sometimes zeta steel you know walk us through how this trio came to be what led you three to join forces so Paris and I have a long history, a history yeah. of typically us hating each other. Yes. And through that, you know, you kind of build this mutual respect. The amount of times we've wrestled each other and hated each other, like, we can't argue about the fact that we put on good matches together. So, you know, we kind of built that respect. And it was one of those things that, okay, like, real recognizes real. Like, if we can create this magic against each other imagine what we could do with each other there comes the brats me and paris and then zeta was just a girl that we were like oh no like she's a baddie she has that brat energy she's the real deal she is so we're like all right like that's the kind of girl that we want on our side 
So then that's kind of how Zeta came to play. And I mean, the three of us together, like, we're a scary group right there. Like, y'all aren't going to stop us. But yeah, who, no, I don't think I would have ever thought that me and Paris would team up with, like, the amount of times we've wrestled each other. I've lost count at this point. But you know what? Sometimes your worst enemies end up making your best friends. Now, I love the Bratz dolls, and I feel like this may be part of this, but can you tell us more about the origin story to this group name and how you landed upon the Bratz? So, because this was before um, Zeta had kind of joined, me and Paris were, like, discussing ideas, and we are trying to, like, think of, like, something that, in, like, combines Troublemaker and um, the, like, Always Trending, and, like... <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't really think of much that like came off the tongue easy. And then Paris was like, all right, what about the brats? Because like a troublemaker, like troublemakers can sometimes be bratty. Like, you yeah. know, like you're getting on someone's nerve, like you're always like poking at them, whatever. And then Paris being like this diva, like she's all about herself, like that kind of like it gives off brat energy. Like she only cares about herself and how great she is. So I feel like without necessarily combining our two like characters together like it kind of covers it all for us like the troublemaker and like the diva come together and I feel like they both give off like brat energy so then we're like all right we're the brats and then you said brats dolls we're like all right brats with a z because you know that's more fun yeah I'm a big fan of the I I just, I envision it too. I know Paris has that diva kind of brat's energy and, you know, you're bringing the high risk kind of doesn't kind of fearless energy to as well that can, you know, not, doesn't really care about repercussions. I feel like it works for you guys. It does. It really does. And Zeta just fits the vibe too as well. She is the real deal. Her and Paris are kind of the, the, the diva's arrogance in there. So I feel like it just meshes well in there. And, you know, Obviously, you and Paris came together as you're both from the New England scene. So I want to talk about the New England Pro Wrestling Academy for a second, because last year you had the incredible opportunity to share the ring and train with somebody who you love very much, that being Sasha Banks and Mercedes Money, which is, a I feel like, kind of a full circle moment for you. So tell us about that experience and what you learned or took away from it. That was a wild day. I didn't even know she was going to be at the school until Surprise! I got <laughs> Like, I didn't even know. I got to the school, and then, like, someone was like, did you see who's here? I'm like, who? And they're like, Sasha Banks. I'm like, stop it. No. And I was freaking out because the first ever wrestling event I went to was Hell in a Cell in 2016, which was main evented by Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Charlotte. And it was in Boston, which is obviously her hometown. And I remember, like, watching her do her entrance and, like, they're getting in the, like, cell. And it's, like, the first woman's main event on, like, a main pay-per-view. And, like, that was the moment when, like, oh, like, I want to do this. I want to be a wrestler. So, like, Sasha Banks is kind of, like, the reason that I'm here. And so then, like, to see her walk in and I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going to, like, do a class with Sasha Banks. And then, um, so we're doing some drills and stuff. And then my trainer, Chase, like, all right, Shannon, like, get in line right here and put me right in front of Sasha Banks. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be doing, like, all these drills with her. Like, I'm not just at class with her, but I'm doing the drills actually with her. And, like, it was just so cool. I was also like, all right, Shannon, don't hurt her. Like, 
just this is a star you can't like mess yeah. this up but I was like this is wild like this is the same girl that like I like watched on tv and like is my one of my favorite wrestlers and like inspired me to be a wrestler and like I am in the ring with her right now it was one of those things that, like in the moment like it just didn't feel real because like I'm in the ring with her and I'm like okay yeah this is just like another girl and then I'd like think about it, I'm like no this is Sasha Banks like it was just such an unreal night especially knowing that like I walked into the school that night having no idea what was going to be happening and then I walked out like that was the craziest thing ever. And I feel like it's a great, obviously, full circle moment, but it's also, I feel like, a valuable kind of learning opportunity for you, even if it wasn't uh, directly like a seminar or something. So it, did you learn certain things from either working with her or just watching her that you recall? Just, like, the way she moves in the ring is so, like, smooth and effortless. Like, being in there with her, I'm like, oh, this feels like so easy. Like, I don't have to, like, do anything. She's just, like... It's so fluid and everything. And then, like, behind her in line was Becca. So me, Sasha, Becca. So I'm watching her go with Becca, too. It's just, like, everything was so fluid and smooth. And I'm just, like, wow. Like, that's, like, I want to, like, be in the rain one day and, like, move like that, like, effortlessly. It was just, it was just really cool to watch and see. Two more questions for you, you know, kind of along those same lines, obviously you've interacted with a lot of veterans, you know, Sasha Banks being one there, you've worked with a lot of veterans in the New England scene. Has there been a certain piece of advice or words of wisdom that have really stuck with you throughout your career so far? And who did they come from? Hmm. That's honestly such a tough question because there isn't one thing that like really sticks out to me. I think, and this hasn't really come from one person, but I've kind of already touched on this earlier, but, like, don't focus as much on the wrestling as much as, like, building a connection with the fans because you can do all the cool moves you want, but if the fans don't feel that connection with you, they're not going to care about it. And I feel like that's something, like I said, like, I did struggle with early on, but I feel like that's something that struck kind of like stuck with me over time but I wouldn't say that's like one person that's told me that and that's not even like this big like secret thing I feel like that's something every wrestler has been told over time but knowing that was an area that I've really been wanting to work on I feel like that's probably something that's just stuck with me for a while yeah, you know, and and like you said, it kind of goes to the scope of, you know, you building, being more emotional with the audience through that connection that you were talking about earlier. So kind of having that reiterated to you, you know, like we said, wrestling is not just a, you know, combat sport. There's a performance element and entertainment aspect to it. So it's kind of merging all of that together. So makes sense. And I feel like that's especially important too, because like we said, it's not just athletics. It's, there's so many layers, there's characters, you know, there's, there's storylines, there's personalities, there's presentation, there's so many elements to it. So I feel like that that's really good kind of just all around, but you know, as you're looking forward towards the future, you know, you're going to be coming up on your three-year anniversary, I believe this summer, um, since your debut, do you, what are your personal or professional goals for this next year or so? Um, I would love to win some championships. Um, I've yet to do that. So I think that's a main goal, you know, get some gold on me. Like that's, I feel like that's just a sign of like, okay, like you're doing something right. 
but I guess just like in general I just want to keep improving and being the best I can be um while like long term I would love to get signed one day at the end of the day like I just want to be the best wrestler I can be and wherever I end up doing that as long as I'm happy doing it then that's really what matters to me so if that path takes me somewhere else but I'm happy then I consider that a win but I think my main thing is just I just want to always be improving I don't want to ever like get to a point where I'm like okay like this is where like I'm good I don't need to like do anything else like I'll just keep doing what I'm doing like no I always want to keep improving keep changing keep evolving and I think that this year I don't know I feel like that this will be a good year for me I feel like I've kind of got in like more comfortable which is what I've been building on these past three years so now that I kind of like have that level of comfort and confidence just taking it to the next level like like getting some championships traveling to new places I've mainly been in New England I would love to travel outside of New England some more um I wrestled in Canada once I'd love to go back there wrestle there again and just travel to new places let let more people see the troublemaker and just being the best I can be. Well, like I said, at the beginning of this, I've been seeing your name pop up a lot. You know, I actually got to call one of your matches last year. So that was fun. Um, So Shannon, before we let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you online? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. It's all just at Shannon Lavangie. I keep it nice and simple. They're all the same. Just my name. No, no dots, no underscores, no numbers, just at Shannon Lavangie, nice and simple. You're blessed to have a unique name, Shannon, because not a lot of people get those. There's not, I've never met another Shannon Lavangie, and I would be shocked if there's another Shannon Lavangie on this earth. There might be somewhere else in the world, but you know, you you claimed you claimed the ats first so i am the shannon exactly and she is the troublemaker shannon thank you so much for chatting with me here today it's been an absolute pleasure yes thank you for having me i had a lot of fun talking here